and boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite, 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 boom goes the dynamite, dynamite, boom. And boom goes the Welcome to episode 94 of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Mr. Normalcy himself, Paul Sebastian. Sorry, I'm not here, man. I don't work on Sundays. Have a good one. Enjoy the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. It's the Lord's Day. Why am I even here? Uh, well, talk to TNT about that shit, brother. <laughs> TK is your hookup. Uh, today is for is for Jesus and football, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> I mean, I've already no, watched. A, I mean, I've already watched the you know all the football I'm going to watch today. Well, no, I take that back. I forgot I this is. I forgot the Steelers play later tonight. So yeah. So yeah. So you're done watching football then, huh? Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the good news is the Seahawks stink this year. The bad news is, yeah, so do the Steelers. So. Yeah. Uh, go go my fantasy team because you won't catch me having any rooting interest in my hometown at Detroit Lions. Uh, uh, well, you know, I, 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 I'm here in Chicago. I know there's going to be a lot of salty people here because, you know. Segwaying to things that are blue and good, um, I went to the local flea market today, Jeff. That's how I spent my afternoon. And I, thought, I, found- I thought you were going to say the Chicago Sky who just won their first ever WNBA championship. Oh, good. Uh, no, I was doing something cool, uh, which was uh, shopping at the flea market. I found a blue demon mask and I bought it and it, and it rocks. Oh, wow. Really? Something you find. It, so when you, when you live in, in a, a very uh, a large Latinx community, did I say that right? I hope uh, so. Such as, uh, where, such as here in the Chicago area. Yes. Or the particular part of Georgia in which I'm located. Uh, you can find uh, some really great flea markets, and the, the big one here has a, a stand that sells luchador masks at uh, really reasonable prices. Wow! So that was pretty awesome. So a very hey, good on so, a Sunday. So hey, Mister Normalcy, uh, I, I was. <laughs> I'm feeling exceedingly normal today. I, I, I bet. I bet you are. You, you you told everybody about it on the stream on on Friday night, which uh, yeah, let's talk it's about regular. Let's, let, let's talk about Friday night real quick. Uh, holy Jesus Christ. Uh, Brian Anderson versus Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, so you just want to go back and talk about Rampage instead of this episode of Dynamite. I'd be happy to do that. <sighs> I would probably rather rehash the good Rampage than talk about this mostly not very good Dynamite. Yeah, unfortunately, we, we have a remit, and you've already talked about this episode of Rampage. And where can we find that, Paul? You can find that at twitch.tv slash wrestling 
So, uh, yeah, we, we, we like to uh, dip our, our, our creative fingers into a lot yeah, of and shout out pies. To, yeah, I saw some, some friends from the PWO on Podcast Network and Chad, including our boy, uh, just recently on this podcast, Chris Damasano. Yep, I saw Chris on there, too. So, yeah, I, I did watch yeah, a little bit. And, uh, you know, our, 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 one of our other special guests here, Harry Mack. Yeah, 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 Harry did stop by. Uh, it was the, uh, you know, for our MMA segment, which was a great time. Always great to have Harry on and uh, to chat with Harry. I've done, I've done content in a lot of different places with Harry now. Uh, so we've, we've done stuff together at Wrestling Brain. We've had our own podcast. We've uh, done stuff together here at Boom Goes Dynamite. We've been on the Bookie's Basement together. So, uh, yeah, love partnering with Harry. Always a great time. But, uh, yeah, uh, Danielson versus Suzuki. Um, my God. Really great time. Really fun really enjoyable stuff um yeah it's it's definitely been talked about but yeah that's that's i mean one of those like why brian danielson is there uh scenarios and it, it was everything we expected it to be i think it, and what i think you know really did it for me and what i you know said on friday night on the twitch stream is it wasn't the what you would have considered the rest of this year is like quote unquote five star classics or match of the year candidates whatever if you think that it's at that tier of match um, I think it wasn't, and I think it was designed specifically that way and executed really well. And that's what I enjoyed about it so much. It was very simply two guys who wanted to kick the shit out of each other. Yeah. And, very and, simple story, very simple, very simple motivations, and uh, really straightforward and just really enjoyable. Right. Well, and I wrote on um, on uh, on FanFight, which I'll have a plug for that later, too, Um I wrote on FanFight a couple of weeks ago when they did the uh, you know the, the the best of the month of of September, and I wrote about uh, Suzuki versus Homicide in GCW, and I said there there, there was the, uh, the, the 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 joie de vivre of uh, or you know the joie de wanting to choke the the vive out of you know <laughs> their opponent. Is and that French? That's French. Okay. It's supposed to be. Yeah. I want to do every game. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I thought that th- this match was that magnified. It seemed like you know it was just like two guys who enjo- were enjoying beating the piss out of each other. You know, yeah, absolutely. And they and you know it was very strike focused. Uh, it was uh, something a little bit different than what we've seen Danielson and, and you know even in this match with Bobby Fish. Uh, uh, I'll you know we'll talk about the the main event for Dynamite later, but this one definitely presented differently than his other matches and i like to see that diversity from uh, brian's work thus far right but i mean also you know fucking suzuki you know he, he is the, the he's he, he's the king of the u.s indies this year i mean there's, he's there's... having an incredible run i mean obviously that match i think is on a, maybe another tier than everything else he's done on this tour save the homicide match i think the homicide match is the only one that even comes close uh, oh, Daniel Garcia! But, Daniel Garcia in West Coast Pro was pretty good too. Okay, I mean, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, but that, I think that those two specifically are on a higher yeah. tier, and um, his his best work of the tour. So yeah, far. I still have not seen uh, any of the matches he did two weekends ago. So that was like Calvin Tankman, Anthony Henry, or Davy Richards. I have not seen any of those three matches yet. Yeah, I haven't seen the actually. Yeah, I have not seen the. Uh, um, Whatchamacallit, the Anthony Henry one, which I would really like to. I like Anthony Henry a lot. Yeah. So I mean there's still some that need that I I, I need to be able to to, to to view before I can make that that determination. But yeah, that that may so far that may be the number one with the homicide match number two so far. Fair. 
Um, and uh, you know, and you know, there's you know his matches in in New Japan this weekend, which are on tape delay, so that you know that we had to wait for uh, episodes of uh, of NJPW Strong to see. But also, uh, now he's going to be booked on two TV taping dates for Impact, <clears throat> like immediately following uh, yeah. his, you know next weekend in GCW. So, and we still don't even know his opponent for Bloodsport Seven, who I think I know who it's going to be. Just put it out here on record now. Let's see if you're right. Well, I already did. I, I think it's going to be Chris Dickinson. I'm into that All because right. they've already been talking some shit. They have a match. They had a match yesterday as we record that's this. That's right. Yeah, that's didn't they wrestle at Strong or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that hasn't been. That obviously hasn't aired yet. And then so, right. I, but I mean, remember Dickinson last weekend also said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I want to match in GCW with you too." So. And, and remember, yep. they were supposed to face each other at that can- at that postponed blood sport. Correct. We mentioned that before. So, yeah. Podcast. So, but I, yeah, I that, think it's going to be Dickinson. And then, you know, Saturday, of course, you know, you know the, 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 the man, the king, the god of this shit. That match I'm really looking forward to. Oh, That's a week, from to, a week from yesterday, right? Uh, yeah, that that is this coming yeah. Saturday. And, uh, yeah, I, depending, I have to see what time that show starts. Because uh, there's a distinct possibility I may skip Dynamite to watch GCW instead. <laughs> That's the GCW. Oh, I'm sorry, you dropped out there. Say again. Oh, that was, that's going to be GCW War Ready. That's at an LA Correct. show, is that yep. right? Yes, that is. Okay. Yes, it is. My so, goodness. Yeah. Uh, that is an 11 p.m. Eastern start time, so you oh. will not have to skip that. Oh, that, but damn. Well, I may not be watching that live then, that's the <laughs> because night. I am an old man. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, starting at 8 on the West Coast. So, yeah, that I mean, that Suzuki Gage match probably won't go on till One probably 2 or 2.30. I'm just thinking one in the morning my time because the last couple of GCW shows have actually been pretty short. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's only five matches on this card, so you might be right. Uh, yeah, this one might not be a oh because the, the last one was three and a half. So uh, yeah, they've been doing three plus. Yeah, so three to three and a half. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw that's it out there. Let's put a card on. I, I'm uh, going to throw before we. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm going to throw oh, it out there one last part. time that I'm going to throw it out there one last time. If you have a GCW podcast, hit us up at BGTD podcast because uh, we would like to listen to it, actually. So if, uh, if it's good, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, but be, we, we won't know until you listen to it, of course. So. Yeah, you have to not be us and actually be good at podcasting for me to listen to your podcast. <laughs> Speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So you were about to say. Just before the podcast started, you said this is our podcast. We're a team. You have to deal with me now. I'm going to be bad at podcasting. I didn't say I wasn't dealing with you. I'm just saying that, you know, speak for yourself. I am good at podcasting. So (laughs) that's all all I'm saying. So mission to drink down for for a year plus. And I feel like it's working. (laughs) (laughs) So you were about to say. Um, I just wanted to talk about the card a little bit, because besides that match, uh, these supporting matches, I think, are really good. You also have Gresham versus Alex Zane. I think that one's super Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, the newly formed tag team of Starboy Charlie and the aforementioned Chris Dickinson. Yeah, what are they called? Eye to Eye, I think they're called. Something like that. Yeah. They take it on Jacob Fatu and Juicy Fino. Now, of course, anytime Jacob Fatu is on the card, it is subject to change. So I can't guarantee you that <laughs> that's going to happen. But it's on the card. So that could be good. Ninja Mac versus RS. I really like Oh, that's that. going to be fun. That one's well, going to be still fun. Still the Warrior Wrestling 
champion. Is that right? RS? Uh, I believe so. Unless that changed last night. I have not looked at the, uh, the results from actually, you know what? Here, why don't we hit cage match real quick and see what they have to say? Because I did not, I actually completely forgot about the Warrior show until halfway through Dynamite last night. Yes. So I was like, oh shit. Well, I, I talked about it on the Friday show. I talked about this card because I thought it was interesting that Warrior yeah. one. I, I did not get a chance to see the results though. Uh, second gear crew. Oh, actually, um, Ar- Ar- um, well, Ares is not was never the the Lucha champion. It was Aramis. Oh. He, was, he, was, he, he he's in that match. He was in that match though. That that crowned it. Yeah. So. Okay, there it is. All right. SGC Justice and Warner taking on the Briscoes at this uh, match too. Uh, no, uh, obviously uh, Briscoes uh, uh, a, a problematic top tier tag team. Uh, Definitely. Uh, uh, the Briscoes are the reason I quit attending Ring of Honor shows. So yeah. Uh, Bad dudes who are good at wrestling. Yeah. Uh, uh, ways to describe the Briscoe, which which sadly is not a rarity in in this business, you know. It is not a rarity at all. That's why I'm you know I'm not going to talk about it with like shock or pearl clutching of any kind. We know exactly who these guys are, and what they're about. Do I think they're good at pro wrestling, and do I think this match will be a good pro wrestling match? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, do I care? Not really, because these guys are dickheads. Yeah. So yeah, that's, fuck, that's, fuck that's the goes. Fuck them. Do I? So you know, it's it's one of those deals. Uh, uh, are you willing to make to sacrifice your morals that much to enjoy those dudes? Cool. If you're into it, great. Uh, you know, I think there's guys I'll make excuses for, kind of, and people I won't. And it is very selective. I understand that. Um, you know, I, I'm still. We're all we're all works in progress. Mm, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I still listen to the Smiths, so yeah. <laughs> you know, I was listening to the Smiths on the way to the flea market today. <laughs> well, you know, it, that that was Johnny Mars band too. So and and he rocks. So. <laughs> there you go. You saw? Did you see uh, Rick Astley uh, playing with with the Blossoms? Yeah, uh, Johnny Mar. I, yeah, Johnny Mar was kind of pissed off about that actually. <laughs> I don't know what Jonathan, the deal. I don't Jonathan know what the was deal. A nice cover. I thought it was, it was, but I mean, yeah, I don't know what 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 Johnny Mars' deal was because I thought, I mean, they were all, I mean, they were all friends with Rick Astley because there were like a bunch of pictures in the eighties of, of Morrissey hanging out with Rick Astley. Like so. Say what? Yeah, didn't he like just do a tweet and be like, hey, it's whatever? Yeah, I, think I don't know. Johnny Mars did a tweet about how he was. It's it's, it's whatever. It's yeah, fine. but I think I think I, mean, the, I think the issue is that they were taking it to like a tour. And uh, cool, tour it, play all the Smiths on. Yeah, I don't know. You know what steal from Morrissey. It's one of my. Uh, if you want a, a very consistent opinion that I have here, steal from Morrissey. Steal his music, uh, download it illegally, and then uh, eat a cheeseburger while you listen. You know the thing is, is that when when we saw when when my honey and I we saw Johnny Marr on his first solo tour when he because he actually came to Indianapolis it was a five dollar ticket it was like oh shit oh, yeah you have to go to that one and he played a couple of Smith songs and sang them because oh yeah by the way he you know co wrote those too you know so yeah <laughs> so. Uh. So anyway. all right so we I think you know we 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 talked about indie wrestling um, the Smiths flea markets, uh, sports beyond wrestling. I think we put this episode of Dynamite uh, off long enough, Jeff. It's a Sunday. I think it might be about that time. All right. Well, it's it's about that time, and it is that time for the special Saturday edition of AEW Dynamite Live from the James L. Knight Center in Miami, Florida. Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, and CM Punk once again. CM Punk. 
And we start right off with Dante Martin. With what? Commentary man punk. Yeah. Oh, oh, there we go. That's a, that, there, there we go. That's a good one. Uh, we start right off with Dante Martin versus Malachi Ogentrust Black. And, uh, yes. Um, my first comment on this match was, was Ricky Morton like hanging out in the crowd? Because there is a dude that you keeps that keeps getting caught on hard cam that looks just like Ricky Morton. Good for a guy who looks like Ricky Martin. Did you did, uh, did you not that. see him? I did not. I wasn't paying much attention to the crowd, to be honest. So no, I did not see him. Uh, I messaged you before this and uh, let you know that my. I, I, so I did not watch this show live. Full disclosure, I fell asleep before this show started last night. <laughs> and uh, woke up uh, around midnight. Yeah, dude, I had like half a bottle of wine and just got sleepy. Um, yeah, yeah, we we saw you drinking that half bottle of wine, if you might recall. <laughs> that was Friday, different day. This oh. was a whole different bottle oh. of wine. Uh, but delicious wine. Uh, was it a white Zinfandel this time, perhaps? Or Absolutely uh... not. I do not drink white wine. What do I look like? Uh, white Zinfandel's pink, no, I'm, by I'm the way. <laughs> Shit. I don't know. Give me the reddest, the darkest. No, it was, I, same thing I was drinking on Friday. I get it from Aldi. It's a Cabernet that's aged in bourbon barrels, and it's delicious. Ooh, yeah, well, I mean, really? Aldi, Aldi sneakily has some good alcohol there, it turns out. Yeah, great alcohol, great cheese. Really good place to get cheese. Some good, Aldi, chocolates. Uh, some good chocolates there, too, it turns out. Absolutely. You get, like, the German stuff, the good European stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you can find some. I mean, we do a lot of our shopping. I do probably my primary grocery shopping at Aldi at this point. So, uh, did you see this match? Because I know you said you also had some DVR issues. Yes, I did not see this match. Uh, I my DVR didn't start until the beginning of the Inner Circle promo. So everything Which, prior I, to that, Jeff, take it away. Uh, this match rocked. Um, Malik, Dante Martin and Malachi Black uh, actually worked really well together. And um, Dante seemed to actually frustrate Malachi Black more than anyone else has so far. And even though there, you know, he did pick up the win, and you know, Leah Rush was there to advise Dante Martin, and you know, Dante was not, you know, paying attention to what Leah Rush had to say, which will come up later. Um, that will come back. Yeah. So I did see highlights. I saw the YouTube like five minute clip that AEW posted. Uh, with right. these match highlights, so I did see a few of the key spots, and yeah, I thought you are right. I think they have very good rank chemistry. They really Dante did. seems to be a natural with very, really talented guys, which says something about Dante's ability at this point in his career. But also, uh, here's here's the most shocking thing. At the so there was a spot where it seemed like uh, Malachi Black was like taken aback, like he was having some issues. And I think they theorized that maybe he accidentally swallowed the the black mist. <laughs> oh, oops! Which I'm, I'm surprised that actually ha- doesn't happen more often. Um, I, I mean, it probably does happen more often than you think. We just don't know about. Yeah, it, you know? but um, it, it was just a theory. But he did not use the black mist for the rest of the match. You know, at any point in the match, he still won. You know, with that with that uh, with that roundhouse kick. Um, but afterwards, uh, Malachi Black gets up the ramp. He stops. He looks back at at Dante Martin. Just kind of does a little nod of like you know, brief modicum of respect. I was like, okay, huh, okay. Well, I do think. I mean, we're gonna again. We're gonna get back to Leo Rush. I don't. I don't think 
the narrative between Malachi Black and Dante Martin is over. I don't think so either, to be honest. Especially not after that. Correct. Especially not after that. I think that there may be something else happening here. So anyway, yeah, fun, fun little opener. I, 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 I did enjoy this. So, um, how long did this match go about? Uh, I'd say 15, 20 minutes. Okay. That's because, good. yeah. So the, the next thing we get is backstage. We have jungle boy and Luchasaurus, you know, talking some shit. And then the entire super elite attack. Okay. Including a, gr- a group power bomb on Luchasaurus through a table. And while while making Jungle Boy watch it, all right. So yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're continuing this. You know, the, the the Motley crew of baby faces against uh, against the Super Click and the Super Elite. So, um, after that, we get the Inner Circle promo that you say you you you, uh, you managed to come in on. And yes, yeah, so uh, we come. This is where they come back here. So okay, we, this this match did get some time to breathe. That's all that happened prior to this. Yeah, I mean, really, that's literally all that happened was you know Dante Martin and well, I mean, you know, it took you know five minutes for CM Punk to come out to to join the commentary because he's ha- has to do the shtick. But you know, right, right. But uh, so yeah, we got stage. Did he, any stage dives tonight? Or there, was there a stage? I, dive? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he staged. Oh, up. yep. Fun. Yeah, he yeah he got to, he got to the commentary table right as the lights went out for uh, for Ogun Trust to 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 okay. start playing. So, all right. But uh, yes, I, personally, I don't think the Miami crowd deserved a stage dive because I don't think they were very good this weekend. <sighs> I mean, they were fine I'm in the sure. they were fine. I, right either. I mean, they were fine in the Suzuki uh, Danielson match. I thought, but fine, but eh, yeah. I still didn't. I didn't think the crowd. And we'll talk about it. During another specific I think match. you've so had, but did, I mean, you had issues with the Miami crowd when they did that dynamite not too long ago, too, as I recall. Yeah, Miami, so I think the Miami crowd just sucks. Well, got news about this dynamite. <laughs> uh, yeah, they got the dynamite deserved, is what we were saying. Probably. Well, you know what? You may be that that may be the the thesis we're going to run with. Uh, I thought that this segment fucking blew. I hate this segment. Terrible. Um, so here's what I spent a lot of time doing. Looking at Paige Van Zant and thinking, wow, this person with not a lot of wrestling experience totally gets it. She was really hitting her marks. She was very effective, like uh, uh, working off the crowd. She looked really confident. And just the disservice that she was done with the absolute garbage promo writing here, uh, uh, specifically from Chris Jericho, uh, she's terrible. This she's was not good at all. Awful. This shit Lambert sucked. Did, like, I, thought, I thought Lambert did an okay job uh, in this one. Not his best work either, but I thought his relationship with the Miami crowd and how he used, like, hey, you're supposed to like us because we, like, are they people here? And, oh, as, and as soon as you show us even a shred of disloyalty, I'm going to immediately just tell you that you're all the worst. That was really, I thought, well executed. But, yeah, Jericho's promo, basically, uh, and bringing Paige Van Zandt to this battle, which I think is the right thing to do. If there's anyone that you're going to make a real pro wrestler out of from an American top team, it's Paige Van Zandt, 100%. Yeah. So bringing her to the front of this promo and this uh, this feud is the right thing to do. Get her some exposure. Her She has one BKFC uh, uh, fight left on her contract in Bare Knuckle. Uh, the rumors are that she's either going to jump to Bellator, where her husband Austin Vanderford is already under contract, or make the uh, the transition to professional wrestling. 
So uh, this is definitely laying the groundwork for that. And even, you know, this could help her get some leverage for her next contract in combat sports if wrestling is looking at her too, right? So she's she's doing the right thing in that regard. But, but Jericho's uh, uh, basically, you know, does the uh, roast Paige Van Zandt in only a way that a rich 52-year-old white guy thinks is funny? Right. Like, just terrible Gen X jokes. Oh, you a bimbo or a bitch? Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Boring. This whole thing thing sucked. It sucked. It was brutal. It sucked, and I am not interested in this angle whatsoever. I don't think the angle's... The angle's not dead to me. I just thought this was a particularly badly written promo that was a disservice to Paige Van Zandt's kind of introduction into the spotlight of professional wrestling. Yeah. And we need to do better by talent that we're bringing in. And this is like one of the things where if you give Chris Jericho carte blanche on everything, he's going to swing and miss like this. Yeah. I mean, this is just the out of it. when you have give that much creative control to guys and, and let them write in their own voice like that. Sometimes it's going to land like this. Right. And, you know, it, you know, it, it, as I mentioned, it is my honey and I were talking right before we, we came to air. I mean, this it's a weekly TV show. Not every episode is going to hit. And uh, this is definitely one of the misses. It's, it's so well, you uh, let's let, let's kind of, you know, look at it as a cohesive thing. So show starts opening match. I didn't see it. You saw it. You thought the match was good. So I did. We're one good match. So. Going into this segment, you're thinking to yourself, and, probably, okay. And, and furthermore, right. And furthermore, we're coming off of a, a very, very hot rampage and buy-in that had a, a that had a match of the year candidate on it. Possibly yeah, two so of there, you squinted a little bit, but yeah. There was so yeah. The there's a lot of momentum. This segment. This this is where I came into the show, so I already had a really negative opinion of the show from here. I was like, ah, oh, this one was bad. I'm uh, uh, not real happy about that, but, you know, so let's, so we're going to move on. But, yeah, this was a big miss. I hope they get it back on track. I hope Paige Van Zandt gets an opportunity to respond uh, in a way that kind of erases this and makes her look better. Yeah. Well, let, let's Which hope I think so, because I, get a call. Cause I think they I, I mean, I'm guessing if you're in the back and you're a producer of this, you probably didn't think it was great either. The crowd wasn't that hot for it. They had, a, you know, they, you got the fat face dipshit chant going, but even then, the crowd wasn't, and the crowd wasn't responding to Jericho's jokes. You can hear the groans. Yeah, this this was just, was just it, like, ah. it, it, yeah, this was a bad segment. Let, let, let's move on to yeah. kind of a bad match. Uh, speaking frankly, uh, our second match of the evening, uh, Penta El Cerro Miedo y Rey Phoenix contra. Los Super Ranas. Um, I don't think we need to stretch too far by saying that this was not an actual luchador tag team wrestling for the Triple A Campeonato de Parejas. It was, uh, yeah, they were very mysterious, and no one had any idea who they were until the big reveal. For right, sure. of, of course, because no, absolutely nobody named them on the commentary team right off the bat. It is, yeah. So, I mean, I do think the self-awareness here I, I pro- probably helped. Like, they were starting to do the who is it, and CM Punk immediately was like, no, 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 we're not fucking doing this. It's FTR. Yeah, <laughs> we ain't playing. Yeah, and of course it was, it, of course it was FTR. But, oh. It was FTR, and, I mean, I will say this. 
congratulations to AEW for finding a way for me to dislike a Lucha Brothers FTR match. Right, exactly. I, I did not think this was possible, Jeff. I did not think that there was any way for me to say that Lucha Bros and FTR had a match that I did not enjoy, but nah. Didn't do it for me, brother. This match was not good. It was the shits. It was the shits, but there are deeper issues, too, that I I would like to bring up here. Like, you know that FTR was dressed like frogs? Uh, no, besides that, <laughs> I mean, fair to, frogs and underwear. That's one of the issues, maybe. I mean, let, let, let's give them credit. They, they, they're willing to do business, but you know, um, absolutely. These are consummate professionals. No question about it. Um, and I'm not questioning anybody's work. I just think this match sucked. I think they, I thought they had a bad match. I thought the timing wasn't great. Um, I thought the FTR guys looked, looked fucking silly. I thought this was a silly angle. And then, um, it finished in the, the 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 worst way possible, in in my estimation. Um, what with the, um, the belt shaft? An FTR victory after been fucking unmasked. No, FTR winning. Yeah. This sucks. This, this sucks. Well, okay, and let's get into why this sucks. Because not a Please. week ago, because not a week ago prior, there was a fantastic match for these very titles at Heroes Inmortales in AAA. Uh, with uh, Ijo, del, Ijo del Vikingo and Laredo Kid challenging. And first well, yeah, of, but Ijo del Vikingo and Laredo Kid work for AAA, so why would they get the belts? Right, right. right. So it, so here, here's, the, here's the big problem. First of all, the fact that they already revealed that this match was happening on this Dynamite, therefore that kind of gave away that, oh yeah, Penta and Phoenix will be <laughs> retaining these belts. In Triple A, number two, if you're gonna put change, get them off of Penta and Phoenix. Why not give them to Ijo Del Vikingo and Laredo Kid, who are two of your? I just said that. Yeah, two of your. Right, because they actually work for the promotion. Right, yeah, exactly. Sorry, silly me. That work there. That's not how a Triple A works, Jeff. Yeah, not work there. Yeah, sorry, silly me. But also, do any of their champions work there right now? Well, I don't know all of their champions, and the problem is, is that all of you know, belts are essentially meaningless in in Mexico compared to a, a, a an apuestas match. So you know, it's I, you know, I, I don't know. I have to look. I, okay, I, so you have explained why it sucks from that perspective. Can I explain why it sucks from a purely AEW? Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Can well, I? Can I? Well, hold on. Wait. Let, let, let me let me segue into that because there's another point to this that is being missed here. Which is this was advertised as Andrade having you know a mass tag team. Now they showed like the uh, like the silhouettes of the of the, the the people standing behind Andrade in the graphic, and if you look at the masks, they looks like that there's like you know horns or or points coming off of the masks, and yeah, they those look are just red herrings. They do that on the, well, yeah, it's red herrings, but it, red herrings of two very specific people, namely. Dragon Lee and Dralistico, you know the 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 two of the Munoz yeah, brothers. Like that one, if you're if you're going to do that, that's the if you're going to do this a little okay, that makes sense to me. To, yeah, to I misdirect mean, in that specific manner because that's who people expected until they were announced to be at a show. Where were they? They were in New York. In New at, York at, 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 at Lucha Boom. Yeah. Yeah. At, at, at La Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Cubs posted that. I've seen Kaiju Big Battle at La Boom. Great stuff. So did I. And DDT. I was at the. Hey, we were at the same show again. How about that? 
I, no, no, no. The Kaiju DDT one I didn't go to. I went to the Kaiju show the night before. No, 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 no. no. DDT so, ran be- right before that. Like we, there were oh, two yeah, different shows. Yeah. Right. So, so you then you saw. Okay. So, do you remember when Super? Do you remember when American Beetle nearly uh, killed two guys in the second row? Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Th- yeah, that was me and Dion. <laughs> I'm glad you lived. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. All right, so explain. Okay, so go go on. To, so yeah, so I've already got mad beef against this match. Let, let's hear your reasoning behind this. Well, yeah, let's let, let's even rein it in. Okay. It, uh, the AAA stuff uh, is one thing, but even from a purely AEW perspective, uh, the Lucha Brothers have been tag team champions for all of two months now. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, not even. Not even month and a half. Yeah. Uh, so barely a month and a half. Haven't even had really a chance to establish their run as tag champions in AEW, and they're fucking dropping a belt to guys in Matt. Like I don't care if it's FTR, but it's like the goofiest, like least effective version of FTR, and they're losing to fucking belt spots and uh, and like referee interference, like a month and a half into this run after they won a belt in what is my match of the year to to this point is Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks in the cage. I thought it was incredible. Yeah. I thought it's one of the best moments of the year. From start to finish, the Lucha Brothers earned those belts and earned their respect in a way that people had questions about. You'll remember, the lead-up to that match, people were worried about the build being shaky and not having enough ground for a Lucha Brothers victory to really matter. And they came in and put an exclamation point on that match to the point where all that stuff was erased. Yeah. And now you're going to fucking chop their legs out right from under them by having them lose this stupid fucking match on a Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it's disrespectful uh, uh, well, uh, and what they've done to this point. And I think it's just purely, I, I'm really mad about it because they haven't booked, I think this poorly. I, I can't even remember when this is just like genuinely bad booking. I think from every way, I think it's just a, a huge miss on AEW's part every fucking way around. Yeah, well, I, and there's going to be more to this, too, coming up I, shortly. I pissed off about it. I, they shouldn't be losing these belts in the in this form. If you're going to have them drop a, a AAA belt, that's one thing, but not here, not like this. Yeah, well, fucking again, it, it, again, it, 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 if they were going to drop those belts, it should have been to Laredo Kid and, and Ijo del Vikingo last week. Yeah, at least I don't lose it in a good match. This shit sucks. Yeah, that match was, fa- yeah, that match was fantastic. So yeah, it, by the way, right, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seek, seek that match out, by the way. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, yeah, guy, yeah check this, our, this. Check out the buddy Cubs fan. What's the uh, what's the Twitch channel? Because he keeps the vods up, right? Uh, well, he it, it's a it's Lucha Blog Dos on on uh, on YouTube. So hey. so anyway, yeah, this this match blew and it it it, it angers us <sighs> I, 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 on, on many levels. It turns out. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, I think. F- FTR and the Lucha Brothers are both owed a get back. They're owed a good match. They're owed something better than this because it, I thought it made both of them look stupid. Yeah, yeah, this match sucked. And, and, and you know, this just this whole you know the last two bits just cast a, a, a complete pall on the rest of the show. And we're, we're gonna yes, and, I, and I'll say there and throughout the rest of this, there I thought there was quite a bit to like uh, throughout the rest of the show, but these two seg- yeah, these two things specifically uh, an albatross from this point forward. Uh, we then go backstage with Tony Schiavone, and we have uh, Leah Rush and Dante Martin, where Leah Rush chides Dante, and then basically just says that, yeah, by the way, I'm your new tag team partner now. So, okay, cool. Yes, Dante reluctantly agrees with a, a, a timid fist bump. 
obviously this is going somewhere. Yeah. Well, um, it, it's going to it's going to lead to either, you know, tension between Leo Rush and Darius Martin whenever he comes back. And, or furthermore, it's going to continue something between Leo Rush and Malachi uh, Dante Martin and Malachi Black because again, you, you So this is I'm glad you said that. So this is where I think and probably hope this is going. Um Dante seems to be a little more enamored and confident in Malachi Black's like ability to win through ruthless kind of destruction than he is with Leo Rush's sort of fast talk and get rich quick type of situation, right? Yeah. And I kind of think that like Dante like take like is going to keep looking afar, and I think that nod of respect that you talked about earlier is a big part of this, right? Yeah, like a big part of you know, Dante continuing to look at that and say, well, what direction do I want to go and where, who do I want to be? And yeah, I think this does end up leading Dante Martin towards Malachi Black. I hope so, at least. I think that could be a really interesting turn for him and a really good piece of his career growth, uh, having an arc like that uh, early on. Yeah. Uh, we then go to a different area backstage, and uh, Andrade El Idolo is uh, paying off MJF for, you know, renting FTR. So okay, so so here here's some more bad continuity with this. Everybody has a price, Jeff. Yeah, well, right, but also, why do you hire another tag team to take belts that you want, who's not in your unit, and you're only renting them for the evening? Because Andrade doesn't really have any real friends, right? That's the whole point. Is like everything for him is transactional. That's his character, and I, I do understand this part. Like, he just gets mercenaries because he doesn't actually have any emotional investment to things. He's only looking to just use people for his own gain, right? So he doesn't care what happens. So what, what did he, he gain? He so, guys off. Just, so what did he, he gain gains, from? So, he gains a Lucha Brothers loss to destroy their confidence because his ultimate goal is dominance over those two guys. He doesn't uh, care. Okay, all right. Stuff. You know what? That's, that's a good yeah. explanation, actually. He doesn't yeah. want to and like I don't, I don't think he cares about the tagging belts. He just wanted to take something away from Penta and Phoenix. Right. Okay. You know so what? that part I do. I'll, I'll, okay. You know what? I'll, 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 I'll go with that. You know what? That, that, that sounds like a good <laughs> explanation. Our third match of the evening: John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta with uh, with Orange Cassidy in his corner. Uh, you you blinked and you missed this one. Why was this on the show? I don't. No, and it looked like at the end it looked like there was gonna be something happening between orange and wheeler there but it maybe wheeler was shoot hurt maybe he wasn't what was happening there i don't know yeah i don't if know it, this was sell or whatever but yeah what's the point of squashing you to here on dynamite like why would why do this yeah i don't know and what is i mean i, I wait Find a way for me to dislike a John Moxley Wheeler Yuta match, AEW. Yeah, exactly. That, that's two good ma- that that's two matches that were good on paper, and AEW last night found a way for us to dislike them. Yes, I, I didn't like this either. I thought it was the shits. And, and, and furthermore, uh, is it just me or is John Moxley just fucking rudderless right now? I mean, I think he's probably very tired. I don't. I think, and I, well, I think the idea is like let's not give Moxley anything really big right now because you know until his he's ready for his next thing, and his focus is probably still mostly at home. So he's coming out, he's showing up to TV, he's having the match. I mean, I, I'm sure he's having fun in Philly tonight with with Eddie and and Suzuki and Archer, but you know, 
Yeah, boy. Awesome. He shouldn't be having fun in Philly with it. Hey. He deserves it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm, you know, like I think that's probably the thing is we'll probably just have a pin in Moxley creatively. I would assume until after full gear. And we'll talk about that too because we have some big developments there at the end of the show. But but also let let let, let us be honest here for two seconds. Um, uh, how messed up do you think he was after that match with Nick Gage? I'm sure that one took a little bit of recovery time, <laughs> a little bit of a beat there. Yeah, uh, hell of a match. One of my another. Oh, one I my love that match. I thought that match was fantastic. fantastic. I, I, you know what? I might rewatch that tonight. Who knows? <laughs> You know what? That's a rewatchable match, to be sure. It Just, kind of is. Not necessarily for the faint of heart. But, <laughs> no, uh... no. No, no, no. Uh, we then go backstage you with... You know what's uh, good? If you're Jeff to rewatch a death match. Uh, yeah. That, to rewatch a death match is not Tomoki Hanma versus Ryuji Yamakawa, because I think those are the only death matches I ever really rewatch. So... <laughs> and those were like and those were like 20 plus years ago. So, you know. Uh, we then go backstage with uh, Serena Deeb and uh, Hikaru Shida suddenly attacks, and uh, we get the, one of the lines of the night from CM Punk out of this, which is when he says, "Fantastic head of hair on Serena Deeb." One, he's right. Uh, two, so a couple things. This was a bright, this segment was a bright spot for me on the show. Uh, I thought Serena looked great. I love the uh, the very cool black leather jacket, all black outfit for a bad guy, just like. Really leaning into just classic villain look. Love that. Love her confidence. I love her attitude. Um, I think she's going to be like a really stalwart, solid heel in this division. I think you need like a gatekeeper heel right at her level. Yeah. Uh, to to kind of springboard up and coming stars. You know, like I think she's like someone that, you know, up and comers can sink their teeth into. And in really, like I think a red velvet could have a really good view with Serena as a heel, stuff like that. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about this and Sheeta smacking Serena with the, the, uh, was it like a cloth? I think it was or something. Something like that. A kendo kendo stick or something. Yeah. I don't think it was a kendo. Maybe it was a kendo stick that had something tied on. Oh, it made a big thud and it made like a big sound. It looked really funny. So I thought that was really great. Uh, yeah, I thought that this was, I thought this was a good segment and it was effective to keep this little uh, fight going. And I think Sheeta and Deeb are going to have a couple more good matches. Uh, our fourth match of the evening, uh, Evil Uno, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds of the reunited Dark Order versus the Super Click, Adam Cole, Bebe, and Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, John Silver, once again, we have to make our obligatory Jesus Christ, John Silver is so good. Johnny, very hungry on this on this evening. And again, I didn't think this was a particularly you know great outing from anybody involved here. Like, these are people we all have pretty high expectations for, especially when it's the Bucks and Adam Cole. Like every week they're going to go out there and have a match. Like you have, like, it's, it's amazing. If the Bucks have like a good match, you'll just be like, oh, whatever. They like have to be great for you to even notice anymore because of their consistently high quality body of work. Right. Uh, so like, even when they come out here and have like a wholly fine match, it's just hard to be memorable at this point. Right, I think that the most memorable thing of this, of course, was Evil Uno doing the Mr. Sacco spot. The Sacco spot was very fun. I thought that was a nice little, uh, yeah. But, but like again, this match, like that was their best moment was like a cheap pop for like a sock spot. Yeah, right? there were and there was some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a spot um, fest. Uh, John Silver did a lot of the heavy lifting, sometimes literally. Um, yeah, Alex Reynolds, I thought looked pretty decent. He did. He he did take the 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 loss, of course, uh, 
Adam Cole. Yeah, the big splash on the top I thought was good. There was some stuff there. So yeah, uh, fine, but I didn't give a shit really. And like, it's it's frustrating uh, how I feel like they've missed the mark with Dark Order, and I really fear that Dark Order is past the point of no return. Mm. I don't know how to build Dark Order back up at this point. Uh, I felt like in the aftermath of the Adam uh, Page separation is where you had to find a solid direction for them to be in Page's absence. But now it just feels like they failed to help Adam Page, and all they've done is really fail since he's been gone. So, like, what are they? What's the point? Yeah, I, you know, I'm not sure. And, well, I guess we're going to find out. So, uh, I, I hope we do some. I mean, these are all, like, talented guys, and, I, you know, obviously people still want to root for them. Like, even just, you know, the, the Brody Association alone, I think, will drive that and will drive, you know, a positive uh, sentiment towards them. But if you're going to just do nothing with it, uh, it's going to damage everybody there, even if and when Dark Order splits up. The whole point of these groups is for when a split happens to elevate everybody coming out of it. And that seems to going to be a problem for Dark Order from here going forward. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I, no, I, 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 I do feel you, uh, Jungle Boy. Anna J. I think Anna J. Saint. Anna J. is the only one who I think is safe from all of that. Like she's dark order proof. But right. Everybody else. Huh. Well, let's talk about that here in a couple of segments. Um, Jungle Boy, of course, comes out to uh, lay waste to Adam Cole, but uh, you know, and he gets the better of Brandon Cutler, and of course, you know, the super click just say, yeah, whatever, fuck him, and walk away. Yeah, cool. Whatever. All right, nice cool. to see you, Jungle Boy. Everyone did the oh, 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 cool. All right, move on. Yep. Uh, we then get <laughs> a video vignette with Cody Rhodes in a, in a training exercise where he gets slapped not once by twice, but twice by two different women. <laughs> yep, by protégés, by up-and-comers, of uh, members of the uh, the Nightmare family. Yeah. Uh, I thought, what do you think of this segment first? Let me talk to you about this. Where are you at with this, with this uh, cool vignette? Uh, you know what? I, I, I was down on it until I saw what came after this. Afterwards, I was like, you know what? This actually was better than what came after this. Uh, <sighs> okay. But, um, you know, well, I, I will say that the end game of this, of this segment is that, you know, later in, in the evening, we find out that, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black 3 happens mm-hmm. next Dynamite. I think they're rushing that, to be honest. Sicko's window. You know that you know that meme where it's like the guy in his shirt says Sicko's and he's looking through the window oh, yeah, and saying, yes, yes. That's me looking at Cody Malachi 3. Really? Yeah. I, I, I think that they're really doing this too early. And, you know, if, you know, it, you know what? What? What if? I mean, it, so what? It, so if Cody loses again, I mean, are they going to sacrifice Tommy N's, uh, you know, uh, unbeaten streak for this? So okay, well let's 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 go back a little bit to the to the, the promo, the vignette itself. Right. Uh, let's talk about how what it was and how it went. So Cody is brought to the training facility. The garage door opens, and he is uh, greeted. By uh, waiting young guns, Brock Anderson's there, Big Shotty Lee Johnson's there, Red Velvet's there, and they tell him, you're late, you've been uh, uh, a cocky, arrogant little bitch lately, basically, and Red Velvet just uh, smacked him across the face. Yep. Uh, brought him into the ring, yeah, Cody says, kind of, why are we here? And uh, he takes his lumps, he gets beaten up in the four corners uh, by uh, his students, 
while you know Arn gives him a speech about building himself back up and humility and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, he gets starts bleeding. He goes halfway out of the ring. Kylan King slaps him. Um, and it's kind of a lesson in, you know, time to get back to the basics, Cody. Time to, you know, uh, cut the shit. Find your roots. Remember who you are. Uh, Arn gives him a speech about he and Dusty and how Dusty said to never disappoint the kids. You know, never let anyone down in the stands. Uh, and how he had it coming that night. I thought Arn's piece of this was brilliant. No, it was. It was. Um, I'll, I'll, I will give credit for that one. It was well shot. I thought the, shot, the, the, the vignette itself was well shot, well produced as well, which I will get to. Uh, the, the production side of these things I thought were very good. Um, I think this is really interesting, Jeff, because people expect a Cody heel turn, whether sooner or later, right? I think that's where people all thought this was going, right? right. Okay. There's a lot of sentiment as to maybe it won't happen because he wants to do, you know, all the community stuff, blah, 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 blah. But the heel turns right there. And it's the, it's the path of least resistance for Cody Rhodes to continue or can, or bring back the kind of popularity that I think he expects to have, you know, for a person of his standing. Um, this road, however, the, you know, earning fan respect back, through taking the lumps that people want to see him take through receiving a comeuppance kind of in this way is a much harder path, Jeff. And I think uh, it says a lot about what Cody seeks to achieve as a pro wrestler uh, that he's choosing to do things this way. Yeah. Well, I, I guess what, yeah. I, think, I mean, regardless of what you think about Cody, this is who Cody is. He's a guy who will always take the hardest road and always, I mean, he's a try-hard-ass guy, and sometimes that works for him, and sometimes it doesn't. I'm really interested to see how this lands with fans, because this is obviously like a, like an angle that's going to be told over weeks. Uh, to go f- to the Malachi Black thing, I think he's losing to Malachi next week. You, you think he's going to go three in a row? I think Malachi's going to beat his ass again. That's what I think. Yes. See, I think- yeah, I think, Co- I think this has not sunk in for Cody. I think Cody's going to go in with the same attitude and go, Arn's just whatever, fuck that. He's not going to listen, and he's going to lose again. That's what I think. I think if Cody really wants to go on this road that he's showing us he's on, he's going to need a lot more adversity. Uh, I think Cody's about to get his ass kicked one more time, at least one more time. I mean, it'd be, it'd be only right because, honestly, Malachi Black is, like, one of the most interesting things no, no, on Dynamite. Not ready. not ready for a Malachi Black loss yet. It's not, it doesn't make sense for anybody. Uh, Cody make, Cody winning this isn't, isn't good for Cody's character really in any way. I don't yeah. think – I think Cody would probably see that at this point. I, you know, uh, I, I, so. I wonder if they're learning. Maybe they learned the lesson from that they did that they you know learned from uh, Anthony Agogo. There, I think they learned a bunch of lessons from Anthony Agogo. Uh, if you're watching Roads to the Top, you, I think you'll see in the episodes where the match with Anthony was featured, you could tell they were not happy with what they got out of that feud and out of Anthony specifically. I don't think they were happy with his performance either. Mm. Um, so I think they didn't, they were, that's why we haven't seen Anthony back yet. I don't think it's all injury related. I think he, they don't think he is ready to be in the ring yet. Which he, you uh, know which, what? Honestly, I don't think he I was. Think he wrestling yet, so. We then go to an in-ring segment with Maxwell Jacob Freeman. And I was sorry, this Matt, this, this fucking angle sucks. I hate this. Um, I mean, they, it wasn't like they didn't like go into the hard cringe. I thought this was a very more tr- like a much more traditional, you know, villains promo. Hey, it, they come into the ring. Yeah, you oh, know what? Very it, classic stuff. It was. 
it still sucks. <laughs> yeah, I was I was kind of on the fence on this one. I don't think it was out and out bad, but it didn't really do a lot for me either. Sting's presence alone sort of saved it. Yes, yeah. Steve uh, St- Steve Stinger does come out in Darby Allen's stead, and you know, and he, it was he, he is a whack. Sacrifice Wardlow at the altar of Steven Singer. Yeah, well. So this is interesting, kind of building that tension between Wardlow and MJF. And when that blows up, I think there's a lot to, to do there, too. And it MJF losing Wardlow's backing in the midst of this thing with Darby and Sting, I think that can go places, too. So there's there's directions you can still go with this. Um, but, yeah, they had a, still a lot of making up to do for some of those dog shit promos they've had over the last few weeks. Yeah, well, this is what well, this is one of those dog shit promos, if, if, if you ask me. I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was all right. Well, you're a lot more tolerant of of, of, of dog shit promos than I am, it seems. So. Not, I don't necessarily think that's true. I just didn't think yeah, we also have different perceptions of like what is and isn't a good promo. I thought this was a workmanlike sort of um, – you know, A to B kind of promo. And I understand the value and the uses of those. And I think when, like, I understand that it's well executed. Is it my favorite stuff? No, but I do like, like leaning on a wrestling trope every now and again. And this is like a classic trope. And I, like sometimes seeing it once in a while, I guess like it's satisfying in, in the, uh, my brain as a wrestling fan. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just like a nostalgia thing. Maybe it's just pressing those right buttons for me. But like a, a heel just coming out and saying, you know, count me and I'm going to take a win, like a shake a cheap win. Right. Just, yeah, okay. I get that. And like the last second kind of uh, uh, rescue from Sting, it's just like, oh, all right, that's fun. Let's yeah, I, I, again, I get it, but th- th- this angle has already just infuriated me enough. So uh, backstage we get uh, Anna Jay being interviewed and uh, we get a drop in from Dr. Britt Baker DMD. DMD. Ah, shit. That was closer to a full second that time. Wow. One day we're going to get this down. DMD. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and uh, they just talk shit at one another and just start clubbing each other. So, hey, that that rocks. I'm into it. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Our fifth match of the evening, uh, Kiera Hogan versus Penelope Ford. I, I could not believe CM Punk's commentary. Uh, I didn't. I heard some of it, but uh, not much of it. Uh, it I tuned out commentary a couple times. Yeah, he he, was, uh, he, he was trying so hard. He, he was trying. You know, how do you say Hulk Hogan without saying Hulk Hogan? You know, is is right. what he was saying. I was like, oh Jesus. All the I did hear him mentioning other Hogans. Yes, he did. Like he did bring up Paul Hogan, I believe, right? Uh, possibly. Did he bring up Valerie Hogan? I don't know if he brought up Valerie Hogan. Oh, shit. Uh, in any event, uh, and by the way, uh, did you know the name of the wrestler that Spider-Man fought in Amazing Fantasy 15? It was Crusher Are you Hogan. Say it? it was Crusher Hogan. Okay, Crusher Hogan. Yeah. All right. I did that, not... that, this was part of the reason why, why Vince had to pay Marvel Comics through the 80s. Very nice. Because, you know, obviously the Hulk, too. <laughs> the Hulk, yeah. There's yeah. also a Hulk. Yeah, it turns they out. They have a Hulk, what I've been told. Yeah, shout out to uh, to Immortal Hulk. Uh, the best, One of the best comic books in the last five years It just ended this week. So. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it was cool. It, it made the, the Hulk a horror book. Oh, that's kind of fun. Oh, it is. Yeah, the, uh, the whole idea is that Bruce Banner can die. I mean, the Hulk, a, pretty, a, a giant monster, pretty spooky, I gotta say. Pretty spooky. A person turning into a giant gamma ray monster and wreaking havoc? 
kind of spooky. Um, yeah, well, the, it went with the idea that the 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 the, uh, the the initial you know underlying bit was you know even though Bruce Banner can die, the Hulk can't. Ah. So yeah. Oh, so it's like Bobby Hulk. Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little bit. It, it, yeah, it's a great book, right. it, it, and it just ended. And uh, that, and uh, anyway, I, I could gush for hours on this, so we're gonna move on. Uh, afterward, uh, Penelope Ford does get the win over Kiara Hogan. Afterwards, Ruby Soho. Speaking of the match, it was we didn't okay. talk about the match. It was okay. I thought, yeah, it took some time to get going. Um, I thought Kira did a really good job winning the crowd. That was one thing. I thought they were the the crowd wasn't super engaged early on, but by the end, I thought. She gained buy-in from a lot of fans, I thought, which speaks to Kira Hogan's talent. I think she's very good. Yeah, she uh, this is. match was like, oh, yeah, this was like an okay match from two very good wrestlers. Yeah. Which, it was, it, uh, but the recurring theme tonight, uh, wrestlers who are really good having matches that weren't good. Yeah, that that, that what kind of was the theme tonight. Um, in any event, Ruby Soho attacks Penelope Ford post-match and... Uh, yeah, Taz uh, singing Ruby Soho the other night. Holy shit. Holy uh, yeah. shit. <laughs> Great times. My God. Love it. Uh, and then we get we, we, we get two banger promos in a row. The first one being Miro cutting a promo against God. Against God. Uh, that was fun. Yes, I thought that was quite good. Um, although I got to say this, Jeff. Um Man, when is uh, when is AEW gonna stop bringing these WWE guys over? Now God? <laughs> you know, I forgot about that. Well, God has a WrestleMania match, and they think that AEW can just go throw money at him. Okay. Uh, you know, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! No no! And then we get the the promo return of one Hangman Adam Page. Uh, um, this promo was fantastic absolutely this was this was a show this was a consummate babyface promo um yeah so a really great well kind of welcome back for adam page they just gave him the stick and said go out there and uh you know reestablish yourself let them know back who you are and it was he so effectively got all of his motivations across with such great emotion connected with the crowd and you know talk about a bad crowd this was the best that they were because he has this just incredible organic connection with everybody now and yeah man what what else to say about it um he i'm trying to get get a couple quotes here i didn't notate the quotes because i was i was hanging off every word jeff i couldn't take any notes on it i was just like oh yeah i mean i was oh. too was like jesus crime yeah no 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 this was a fantastic promo yeah you talked about none. what cowboy shit cowboy shit means you know it's it's what i did it's you know uh it's going out and trying to win he talked about his failures and he talked about giving it us all and uh and hyping up full gear and did an incredible job of it this was yeah his best mic work i think of his AEW career today yeah no i i I got nothing bad to say about this this was great i i'm i was hyped up for what's to come um you know, and, and so, ironically, yeah. ironically, there was not a lot of Kenny Omega on this show, considering it was his birthday. Well, yeah, you know, it's a great, great time to take a day off. Go I mean, he, I also, mean, I mean, he was in the he was in the Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus segment backstage, but that that was pre-taped. I'm guessing. 
I so, think Kenny not being present for these things and Kenny not being visible for this part is the right way to book like this uh, this lead up here. Because it's looking more and more apparent that, that Hangman Page is going to win this title at full gear, right? I mean, we, we, so, we have hit we 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 are past the nine month mark on this title reign now, so right, and that's so you know one thing I've said I'm concerned about going into Paige's return is that it might be a little too hasty. That maybe we're we're, we're pulling the trigger a little too early here. But uh, that being said, here we are. This promo happens coupled with the announcement of the title eliminator tournament and that bracket and what it looks like. We're gonna have to talk about that. Um, uh, those things being paired together and, uh, like we said, Kenny's lack of visibility in a couple spots, all these things really lead me to believe that uh, Adam Page is going to win this AEW championship at full gear and that this title eliminator tournament is to build in uh, his next feud right away Yeah. Uh, to get him away because I don't, I don't think him and Kenny will be done, but I don't think they want he and Kenny to go right back at each other after Hangman's win. So to have this built-in next contender I think is the right thing to do. Um, yeah, um, I mean, they, and you know, it's funny because they never went back to Kenny in impact either. They never went back to him trying to get the belt, that belt back from Christian cage. And that's fine. I think ultimately that was the goal is just say bad, whatever, fuck that belt. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, there, and there's, and, and and we're still, you know, there's always the, the, the mystery over the, 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 the triple a belt too, but you know, is there really mystery? Uh, someone that doesn't work there will win it. And that's yeah, really no <laughs> yeah. The there. mystery is when, uh, when 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 will there be a next defense? Because that still seems to be a the the product of some debate right now. So. Kenny's gonna drop it to Sean Spears um, oh, in the gobbledygooker costume. Oh my god! <laughs> on Thanksgiving, night before Thanksgiving show. Cubs, we're sorry. Be. The night before Thanksgiving, Sean Spears dressed like the gobbledygooker is gonna win the belt. Cubs, we're sorry <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, our main event of the evening, uh, Brian Danielson versus QAnon dope Bobby Fish. Nope. Uh, this was fun, but it was not as good as the Suzuki match. Yeah, but that's not don't. It's it's dangerous to view wrestling that way, Jeff. I, I I don't, but well, but then it, I just but it was the match from the night before, so yeah, it's going to be fresh in our minds, you know. Right, but, you, uh, but they're different matches, and they're uh, you know kind of meant to be looked at and experienced different ways too. Uh, very few things are going to be as good as Suzuki and Brian Danielson. So I didn't I went into this not expecting that. Um, again, a match that took time to get rolling, but I thought the back half was really strong. No, it it was, and no, this was a I I, I did enjoy this match. It was a good professional wrestling match. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it, it was just, I, I think maybe, you know, Danielson and Suzuki was still just too fresh in my mind for me to fully appreciate this one. Does that make sense? And I think all the circumstances around it and the viewing experience probably play a part in that too, right? Yeah. Like Danielson Suzuki we got after the two really strong warm-up matches, right? Like the, the, the show was already going really well. A lot of hype, a lot of anticipation. By the time you're viewing this match, there's a little bit of fatigue from seeing a bunch of stuff that wasn't that good. Oh, so yeah. Kind of oh, yeah. And, and, and I'm sure that color. show had albatross around its neck from the earlier stuff. And that probably hamstrung this match to a point. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that totally colored my perception of it. Because. Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's looking and, and kind of uh, uh, get that out there, right? Because he kind of shows you how, you know, like. 
wrestling shows and like wrestling shows on TV, it's like impossible to view matches in a vacuum, right? Like these, this is a TV show. It all ties together. And like our favorite episodes of AEW and the ones that we probably talked, you know, the most positively about are the ones where they have like a really coherent flow and narrative and vibe, right? Right. Where, where things feel like they fit together, they flow together, they make sense together. This show was not that. It was incoherent. It was all over the place. It was up and down. It was hard to follow. And it wasn't, uh, it was, wasn't really fun to engage with for two hours. Yeah, no, it was not. No, this was this is, this is going to go down as even though there, there was some good stuff on this episode. There, there was, yeah. it was this is going to go down as a bad episode of Dynamite. I mean, there's just I would say it's an overall bad episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah overall this, the, yeah, this episode was not an, a, enjoyable overall. There was some enjoyable yeah. stuff in it. Overall, this is not a a classic episode. Of, uh, this is not you know an episode I'm going to show people to say, hey, you need to, this is why you need to watch it. All Elite Wrestling. This was not it. I guess I guess one of the Saturday I guess the Saturday Night Hell slot episode is like a time to have a downer. Like if you're gonna have a down spot, it's it's probably gonna be this one, I guess. But but then they had it, a big important Friday, and like I feel like that's gonna hurt their narrative coming out of the weekend because Rampage I think was a very strong showing for that. Oh, Rampage! Rampage was great this week. Well, except for that, you know, right. the, 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 the inner circle versus American Top Team match, which I thought was trash. But um, I mean, look, I th- here's the thing: it was, it didn't, and that didn't have to be a, a great match. It had to get Junior Dos Santos involved, and that it was effective at. And Junior was having a really great time. And maybe Can not even, wrestle? No, that's fine. Maybe not even Junior Dos Santos. I think they were really more concentrating on Jorge Masvidal. Honestly. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, he's, he's the big star, but, you know, Junior was the one taking the spots. He was the one doing the bumps. He's the one that went through the goddamn table. True. Uh, I mean, again, eventually, if you're going to make anyone a wrestler, it's Paige. But I guess we'll see how the ATT stuff goes. So, yeah, one thing I did like about this match especially was that it ended with a heel hook. Yes. Yeah, that was nice. That was very nice. Cool, very cool that they're continuing to establish Brian Danielson can beat you with a number of moves. Don't be afraid of a set finisher. Be afraid of everything this guy does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the whole, yeah, it, you know, it's so rare to build a wrestler's move set in this way, and it needs. I hope. What I really hope coming out of this is that Brian Danielson's current run is a template for building the move sets of wrestlers in the future. I think that there, this is something that can be utilized a lot more often. You know, it, it's something, though, that you, you like to speak of about the WWE-ification of, uh, of wrestling and how, you know, Vince especially made it that, you know, you, you will do your move, and that is how... That's what I'm it, saying. It's like a bold that I think has to be broken, and it's awesome to see Brian being the one doing right, it. Right, because... I hope more wrestlers will suit, and I hope I mean, it comes down to booking, right? I hope agents and producers and the people backstage that make decisions on wrestling results understand how well this works and how it can work for multiple wrestlers, not just Brian. Well, right, because, you know, it, it, it was just funny because, you know, after this show uh, went off the air, I went ahead and watched um, from um, from All Japan Pro Wrestling uh, last y- yesterday, uh, Kento Miyahara versus Jake Lee, which, uh, hang on to that for a second. I'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to plug put something in. Put a pin in, in that, brother. Put a pin in that one. Um, but that, that ended up being a 60-minute Broadway and which I did not see coming, because um, I, I managed to to stay spoiler free the whole day, 
because I knew I wanted to see that match. But it was like it's just like it, it was just one of the things that irritated me is like both Kento and Jake Lee were doing you know their their typical finishers, and it wasn't working. And I was just thinking back to. The old days of All Japan, where Misawa and Kawara and Kobashi would have multiple things that would be, you know, including like an ultimate last-ditch death move. Like, you know, before Burning Hammer became like something that got spammed in indie matches, I mean, Kento Kobashi used that, ma- that, that, that move a whole five times in his career, you know? <laughs> you, 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 you know right. what I'm getting at? Yeah, and that's the thing. If you're using uh, uh, other moves to gain victories and your finishers use lefts often that makes the the finish more effective when it's out right like these are the things like the kind of the same thing i talk about with one counts like if you use more one counts the two count means more yeah okay yeah it's true it's a very the philosophy is very uh, similar yeah there. well I, I, again as we've all discussed there, there's a lot of there's a lot of psychological conditioning that needs to be broken in both fans and wrestlers Absolutely. as we go forward. This right here is a very simple way to do it. Like, this is a really simple, really effective way to, to do that and kind of deprogram people. Yeah, I, I agree. And with that, we close out a uh, kind of lackluster edition of... Well, we got one more thing to talk about. Oh, yeah, we do. Well, well hang on, hang on. Yeah. Okay. That happened during the show, down. right? Well, at the very end. So, I mean, we we, we can close, say that the show was over, but but the 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 the, the post credit sequence was this the, oh, annu- okay. the announcement of the world title eliminator tournament uh, bracket, which will the finals yeah, of which so will happen at AEW. What Full I thought Gear. was really crazy. What I thought was really crazy was when Nick Fury came out and told everyone in the bracket that they had to join the Avengers. <laughs> you know, I actively fucked with my kids one time about the Nick Fury title sequence. Oh yeah, I, I actively fucked with them because I went and saw Dread in the theaters, the the the, the Carl Urban Dread. So I, I came back. And I said, "Oh yeah," and uh, Nick Fury came at the end of it because I mean, they as far as I know, they was just comic <laughs> books. They don't know that Judge Dread, you know, wasn't part of yeah, Marvel. Yeah. I go, yeah, and I said, uh, yeah, I said, yeah. Nick Fury offered uh, Dread a spot in the Avengers, and uh, Dread threw him in the cubes for ten years. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I wonder which, uh, what type of fascism would win out there, Judge Dredd's or Nick Fury's? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Dredd's boy. got that more kind of, Dredd's got that like more kind of hardline militaristic fascism, and uh, uh, you know Nick Fury kind of into more of that like sort of like uh, neo-fascist like. Uh, you know, like neoliberal fascism, I guess, is what you probably call yeah, that. Yeah, friendly fascism. It just it wasn't just a consolidated album from 1991. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's um very much like like the Nick Fury like Marvel Cinematic Universe is very much like a Starship Troopers sort of fascism. Oh jeez. Yeah. Anyway, moving on right? to m- Actually, Starship m- Troopers one is is like a kind of a hybrid of the Dread style and MCU style. I think they're very intertwined. Again, why Paul Verhoeven's the best. Um. Yeah, well, Paul Verhoeven did uh, did predict private police officers, didn't he? Paul Verhoeven predicted so much. Like, it really, we're sort of living in his reality. Like, that's we're trending way more towards Paul Verhoeven than almost any other director's vision of the future. Did you know? Pretty great news, Jeff. Pretty great news. Did, did, did you know <laughs> that? Did you did you know that RoboCop was originally a Judge Dredd script? And to, and, to, and, and 2008 wouldn't go for it, so they. So they reworked it into RoboCop, which is why, you know, both RoboCop and Judge Dredd call 
you know, the perps creeps. That's well, uh, this is really great knowing that they took Mega City One and they were like, okay, well, how can we turn that into a regular American? Oh, Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> Anyway, the World Title Eliminator Tournament. Uh, yeah, let's go down this bracket here. Uh, let's start off with Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Fun match. They've wrestled before. It was great the first time. It'll be great again. Uh, Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston. That that'll be fun. And that that seems to be the only one that actually has like any juice go any, any you know storyline juice going into it. Because they're yeah, they're wrestling because they're wrestling probably right about now uh, in Philadelphia. Oh yeah. That's actually, uh, I think this is good to take only have like one to two matches that have like a current storyline and then kind of throw a couple of the other ones together, kind of mix and match that in a tournament. I think that's fun formatting. Uh, let's let's get through the rest of it and I'll talk about my overall thoughts on the bracket. But let's, uh, let's talk about the other matchups. Uh, number 10, Preston Vance against John Moxley. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, we, we knew that we, we, we knew that Moxley. I mean, you know the result, obviously. Yeah. I think number 10 is the right in the dark order to represent this tournament. I think Ten's the guy who needs to start getting some more singles matches and, and getting some more shine. I think he's uh, a guy who's going to... Uh, has the potential, at least, uh, to be pretty high on the card in the future. And then, Dustin Rhodes and Brian Danielson. This is the matchup of the tournament, Jeff. You think? What? It's so inspired, dude. This is so inspired. When I saw that, this is the one that really popped me, bro. Uh, I love this. Love this matchup. I think Dustin's going to give Brian a fucking absolute battle. I think it's going to be super fun. I can't wait. Uh, can't wait for this match. It's going to be interesting. I, I, what do you think the final's going to be? Okay, so let me. I gotta. I actually have to see it in front of me uh, in order to kind of. Yeah. So let, let's pull up this AEW title eliminator tournament. Uh, AEW announces world title. There it yep, is. Yep, I got so, it. I'm looking right at so, it. So, dear listener, if you're following along the tournament bracket with us, we're going to start from the left side of the tournament bracket. Uh, we got Dark Order at number 10 taking on John Moxley in the first matchup. So that's a pretty obvious Mox win, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's go down to the left side. Orange Cassidy and Powerhouse Hobbs. I think this is the hardest one to predict of the four first matchups. Do you agree? Mm, no, I don't. No. Okay, so who do you got? I got Orange Cassidy for that one because they've already started seeding Moxley and Cassidy. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And yeah, I guess the Yuta thing does make a lot of sense. I just think that this is a really interesting place and a really great place to give Hobbs a win. Uh, so we could give Moxley a good match. But yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you based on that. And I'll take Orange Cassidy as well. Uh, let's go around down to the bottom and take Archer and Kingston. Also, uh, one that could that could go kind of either. Yeah, way, that, right? that that's the one that I think is is the the tough one to call, honestly. Okay, I got Archer because I just think Danielson Archer is a matchup that makes sense uh, in the next round. Uh, mm. Getting to Dustin Rhodes and Brian Danielson, uh, which I got Brian, but I think that's going to be the best or most interesting uh, wrestling match of these four. Well, I think it's going to be Danielson too, but I, you know what? I'm going to take Eddie Kingston. You're going to take Kingston. Cool. I'm going to take Kingston. Different I like that. Yeah. All right. So I'll take Archer. You take Kingston. So let's go back to the other side. You have Moxley, Orange Cassidy. Taking Mox. Yeah, Mox. Okay. Do you have... Okay, so whether it's Archer or Kingston, you got Danielson over either one? I do, actually. Okay. So so your final is what we all think. Mox and Danielson. Yeah. 
I mean, and that's and that's because that because that sells not... a pay per view because that, that helps sells a pay per view. Holy hell, it does! Uh, obviously, we're going to get into predictions when we get closer to that show. Of but, course. Uh, given this information, let's say all of this goes the way we think it's going to go right now today. Moxley Danielson for number one contender to the AEW title. Who do you got? I think Mox because Mox needs the direction. Okay, very interesting. I'm going to go with Brian. Okay, go and that's Brian. a fair pick too. You know, it, it's really a fifty-fifty. Because another thing, I think Brian Danielson and Hangman Page uh, sells a lot of pay-per-views as well in February. That would be yeah. You know what? You might be right there. But you know what though? So, are they, are they going to wait till February though? They might not. They might not. That's a that really might, good point. They, they probably have. Uh, or something like that too that's a really good point yeah so i mean yeah there's a difference between what's going to work on dynamite versus yeah because remember the 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 kenny match after he won last year's tournament that was at uh that was on a special dynamite when he won oh yeah wasn't that a dynamite winter is coming is that the one they did that yes it was (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah what, what what uh already canceled or already finished TV show are they gonna is this gonna be like Dynamite Breaking Bad? <laughs> oh, 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 here we go. To capitalize on the on the many saints of Newark and you know to combat NXT's uh like like uh, Guido Mobster character, what if they do uh uh, uh AEW Dynamite uh, Sopranos edition? Oh god. <laughs> what, what if the show in Long Island is like it's just oh, like the Italian dish man. episode of Dynamite? Oh Jesus. Hey We're already way over an hour. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can follow me on Twitter at CoolStepUncle, twitch.tv slash player, even though that name's probably changing at some point, and I don't stream much anymore, but you know, follow me, why not? Um also, uh, every Friday night, twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain, me and Nick East, Wrestling Brain Rampage. We are recapping Rampage. We talk with chat. Uh, we do some news. We have a couple of great new segments. Uh, we're doing a lot of fun stuff over there. Definitely follow that Twitch channel. Check out uh, us and uh, and everything we do over there at Wrestling Brain, too. Yeah, we, we don't have enough foresight to do segments on this. We just kind of go off on tangents. This is all. It's instant recap podcast, Jeff. Like the whole, what we do here is watch the show and then right after it, give our most like raw emotion thoughts, like right. And I think that's kind of, that's why I like doing this show so much, right? Like I love getting those thoughts right out there, right after and, and kind of structuring it that way. It's a conversation between us and just, Hey, what did you think? Let's chat wrestling. I'm just trying to be like, as, I want to be as good at conversing as the guys for days of thunder and i'll never do it but i'm gonna try <laughs> uh shout out to days of thunder uh dave ryan yeah, Sa- it's, Malone. It's so like they have a big advantage on me uh, there is that uh you can find me at strong style story without the ian style on twitter my personal twitter at gd wessel two s's one l uh plug for Fan fight, which is of course fanbite.com slash wrestling, because um in their infinite uh mercy they have published another piece by me uh talking about Kento Miyahara versus Jake Lee. So uh check that out. That went live on Friday. That Read that shit. Paul, any last words? Uh d- no. Okay, cool. We'll see you next week. <laughs>